0: Hey, everybody, what's up? This is Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You know us as the gnarly spirited, super dope, and often mind numbing juxtaposition of politics and pop culture. Yes, that's right. Coming straight from the underground and into your earballs. And I'm not
1: alone. Well, I don't know how I'm going to possibly contend with that sort of introduction. <laughs> I mean, my, my gosh. So I, I don't know how I can follow that up, but this is. Nate Dragon over at drawing drawing the line where I I tend to cover much more more politics type related stuff and that's the direction that I'm we're gonna try and take this at least for me because gosh yes. I don't I don't know how you do because I, I just just before we got on I was actually listening to I've been listening to a bunch of your episodes and oh, your good. episodes are I mean two, two, two hours long I don't know how you I don't know how you talk for that long man
0: uh it. It's a curse slash gift. I I don't really know. Um, I have not... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel bad. I have not had a chance to listen to your show yet, though. I will definitely start checking it out, though we've had a few conversations, so I kind of know where you stand. Um, for the listeners of Drawing the Line and of Voice from the Underground, this is going to be a joint episode. Um, it, Nate, if you don't mind if I... I'll sort of intro how we, in, how we met each other. Um, yeah, of course. We... Just came across each other on a podcast message board. Um, somebody had asked something about politics, like they wanted a political guest, and you and I both answered that person, and then we ended up talking to each other, and it turns out that you are, you call yourself Crazy Conservative Nate to <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did say that. I didn't message yes. that. So I like that. I like that. I love it. The Crazy Conservative Nate. Um but, but uh, yeah, we just sort of said, hey, you know what, let's put something together. And you invited me to come on your show, but then we decided to do it, I guess, at the last minute as a joint because I'm introducing you to a new way to um, record podcasts, which we're using to do this. Um, so I guess I'll start with asking you this question, which will probably be asking me a question. Um, what did you, you, know, what, what you want to talk about? I mean, you um, obviously political stuff, but like, what was it that made you want to reach out to crazy old Dutch
1: yeah, so what what really drew me So I so when I when I look on a lot of these little podcast message boards. So as, as you know, I'm pretty new. I mean, I'm pretty new to this to this entire game. So it's it can be overwhelming. Yeah, it can be. And whenever I look at these message boards, it's 100% most of the time it's I mean, I always find it's like comics, news, not even news reviews, more like movie critics. That's the majority of what this is. And I find that there's yeah. a super small percentage of people that dare, dare to even try and attempt to cover anything that has to do with politics, much less I find a lot of the people that are on there are much are, – are consider themselves moderates. Mm-hmm. And I don't find – well, for me, I don't find a lot of conservatives nor – Am I actually able to talk to people that actually disagree with me? Because I'll, I'll actually try that in my daily life, and it's to me, it, to me, it's always it's always taboo. Like people are afraid to do it, even if they agree with me, and they consider themselves conservatives. They're always it's always strange to them that someone actually wants to wants to talk politics to them, and, and especially when it comes to it comes to our culture today, and kind of the the opposite the opposite parties because there's been a there's obviously a big divide in our nation right now, and trying to bridge that—I mean, God—the only way to bridge that is actually showing people that you can have civilized conversations with people that actually disagree with you.
0: Well, you—you you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, we're for the listeners of your show. Um, you know, a Voice from the Underground. We are three guys, and I would say a Big Haas, one of my co-hosts, is a progressive. Um, he doesn't admit to being a progressive, but he is a progressive. Um, TJ is more of a conservative, which is interesting because he's African-American, although he's not socially conservative. He's kind of fiscally conservative, which is, you know, I, I think average for a lot of people who are in their 30s and 40s. Uh, and then myself, I am I, I view myself as a as what I you would call a radical centrist. Um, but I do find myself lately more on the side of. Of the Democrats, especially when as it pertains to President Trump, because I don't like President Trump. Now, do you swear on your podcast?
1: I, I, I try to. I tend to keep the the swearing to a to a minimum. So I'll okay, I'll, so say, I'll, I'll minimize that. I'll say the little <laughs> the little swear words, but the big ones, I try I try not to go there too far.
0: No C's, no F's. Okay, I'll try to stay away from the C's. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so um, and and your podcast is a conservative podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I try to be I try to be I'm pretty conservative and then the guy that I talk to in my podcast my my best friend, he is more he's more moderate and he's just now really getting into getting into politics, which is which is kind of funny cuz when we ever we talk politics, I've been into this for a long time. So I tend to bulldoze him sometimes and that's that's my fault. I need to be huh. a little more understanding with where he's coming from.
0: I know what you mean, though.
1: Yeah, so he he's he's now getting a lot more into it. And I really, I'm really hoping he builds a strong foundation so that when I say something at too far out there, he can be like, "All right, hold on, Nate, that might not be what you think it is."
0: No, I I agree, and, and I'm glad what you said, what you said earlier, um, that you started with that because civil conversation is is what's really lost these days. I mean, we can probably talk for a second about that. It's just like, especially you know, it turns out Twitter not a great place to have a conversation. Um, you know, I've got into some some crap with some some of Dana Loesch's. Uh, Minions ended up getting uh, banned from Twitter. Uh, You know, we had like eight thousand Twitter followers, and then we lost our Twitter account completely because there was a a comment that I made that was drawing an analogy to the um, the Walmart shooter from a few weeks ago, and they all reported me because the way that I phrased the analogy, they tried to say that I was threatening them. Now, if you read the text in context with the preceding tweets, it was very. In fact, in the tweet itself, it said this is sarcasm. But I was trying to get this guy to think along a certain line Um, and and they don't care because, I mean, first of all, there's a narrative that it's only right wing accounts that are getting suspended. That is obviously false um, because I'm not a right winger. And, you know, there's a lot I know I'm aware of a lot of let's call them leftists, uh, leftist accounts that have also been suspended or, you know, have been even some that have been outright banned. We ended up getting outright banned. So I have a, a new one that's not under the podcast. It's under me so it's not like breaking the twitter rules but um it does suck because the podcast loses its its voice and its followers and everything like that but it it's all because people don't feel like talking you know they just want to yell at you and get with their tribe and you know they don't want to disagree with their tribe because god knows they might lose a follower and you know we're all so worried about how many followers we have
1: yeah and no, i agree it's completely scary because i've so i've just now launched a website and i've been I've been writing, I've been trying to get some of my other friends to write and some of my really talented friends who even went to went to school for like journalism and are just really intelligent or political science majors and might become lawyers, I've asked them to, to write or to, or to even like come on the show because I think some of them are really bright, much brighter than I am sometimes. A lot of them have always just said, like, yeah, I'd be happy to, to support you, and I'd be happy to write, but just not under my name. And I'm always like, well, right. what's the problem? And it's they're scared. And so I've now – anyone who writes for me and my website or comes on the show, I've had this talk. I had this talk with my co-host. I had this talk with anyone who wants to write for me. I'm like, guys, you have to understand that I know it's super small right now. Yeah, but there are people who are paid to come after you, the hundred, hundred percent. And I, I mm-hmm. do have some serious disagreements with, with sites like Media Matters, who do pay people to dig up, to dig up past dirt. And I think that's a big concern in driving kind of the a, a huge wedge in between understanding each other. Because then we just—you're right—we just jump to seeing, trying to see the worst in someone before yeah. maybe giving someone the benefit of a doubt. Well, if you'd like me
0: to start with um, with defending the right for a second, I have no problem doing so when it's at, when it's appropriate to do so. The the left bigs problem on the left right now is that the left like let's take a look at like Ralph Northam for example, um, or Liam Neeson. the The left has no ability to forgive anything. Like they. They're like, screw you. You were, you did something that can be considered racist in 1983, 1989, you know, 1992. We don't care what you've done since then. You can never have a job again, and we're going to attack you and try to destroy your life because that's what we should do. Um, the right, I think, isn't as guilty of that mostly because of the fact that the right does tie itself to i think it's it has something to do with its ties to evangelical christianity and the concept of forgiveness you know so that that's something that the left you know more not saying that there's no christians on the left because there are absolutely great christians on the left um you know but the the overriding conversation seems to be one more of atheism and uh you know that that we don't have we don't answer to a higher authority forgiveness is up to the person who's perceiving whether or not you should be forgiven um you know and they and, and instead of working to put people at the table, they tend to try to rip people from the table in, other, in order to put other people at the table who might be from their chosen intersectional, um, you know, demographic, which I'm not sure is appropriate. So, um, I'm not sure if you expected me to say that or not, but you know, it's the, the left is far from from per, even though I think they're more right than the right is on most topics. Currently, that's one place where they're not.
1: Yeah, I think it's so definitely definitely a couple things. I've had to consider that. So if I let's say I make a hiccup, and I have made a hiccup, but hopefully people haven't seen we it because I've actually deleted entire podcasts because of that, because I've I've there's a quote that I've said that if taken out of context could destroy me. And I've I've considered like what to do. And just along that context, I've found that there's two options. You either apologize in the beginning, in which the mob destroys you anyway. Or you don't apologize, and the mob attempts to destroy you anyway. So it's—I—I've taken the route that, understandably for me, and I know it's bad. I shouldn't be. I probably shouldn't be thinking this way. I just wouldn't apologize. And Donald Trump has done that. That he is his Kevin entire Hart. campaign. I mean, that's it. He—he he says something dumb or offensive. He doesn't say he's sorry because even if he said he's sorry, they're still going to try and destroy him. So sometimes it's like, what's what what the what the hell is the point?
0: That's true, but with Trump, it's a little bit different because with Trump, there's so much history there. And I do apologize. Apparently, they've chosen right now to clean the carpet at the apartment next to me. So hopefully, you guys can't hear that. But um, as I certainly can. But with Trump, Pete Buttigieg said something interesting when a Trump guy uh, approached him. And I mentioned this on our last show or one of the last couple shows also. But where a, a Trump guy came up to him and he said, "You know, what are your thoughts on on Trump uh, decriminalizing de- homosexuality, you know, across the across the globe? Do you support that?" And you know, Buttig- because of course Buttigieg, because he's gay, he has to have an opinion on, and all thi- all matters gay, because in the minds of the right, um, it must be the most important thing in the world to him. Um, I don't think that's true, but he answered and he said, "Yeah, of course, I support that." And the guy said, "Well, will you also commend President Trump for being the first ever uh, president to be in favor of same-sex marriage from day one in office? And, you know, will, will you will you acknowledge that President Trump is not uh, is is not bigoted?" And Pete Buttigieg looked at this guy and he said, "You know what? Normally, yes, but and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, "Normally, yeah, but he's got way too much other stuff, so it's very hard for me to do that." And you know when you have you know I'm I'm older than you are I'm I'm 45 years old so I remember Trump in the 80s right oh, 80s yeah, Trump you was just sort of OG this guy Trump. that like what's that
1: Is it, you remember OG Trump the
0: OG Trump right you know OG I remember Trump. OG OJ too so you know yeah, you do it, oh my it, gosh it, yeah you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I used to watch I remember OJ's uh, Hertz commercials on TV he oh, was wow. like this icon you know so. um it it's funny with Trump because like Trump has he, he he was never taken seriously and people say on the right a lot, "Oh, you know, you guys used to love him. He was on the view, he was on Howard Stern. He, you know, he, people begged Oprah asked him to run for president in 87. Yeah, he they did. But, you know what? A lot of the stuff that he did wasn't out in the open then. We didn't know that he had housing applications marked with a C for colored. We didn't realize that you know, the, the backdoor conversations that he had that have come to light since then uh, regarding the Central Park Five, you know. So did he do other things, too? Like, sure, he took in Jennifer Hudson after her family, uh, her family tragedy. But, you know, the people on the right, I, I think they they forget that just because you have a black friend doesn't mean that you love black people as a community and that you think that you're equal to them. You can say, oh, well, you know, Tyrone, you're one of the good ones. But the rest of them, you know, you, you wouldn't say this is Tyrone, but you think to yourself, you know, that they're kind of a lower class and you may not even think it, you know, overtly, maybe just more of an implicit thought based on stereotypes and rap music and all this stuff. But, you know, it, it, it's implicably explicitly true that, you know, people like, for example, they've done tests where police officers do, sh- you know, do shooting tests and when they, you know, what they do is they have this, like, green screen and they'll they'll pull up a picture of a person either holding a cell phone or a gun and see how long the reaction time is before they shoot or don't shoot. And with African-American males, it's half as what it is with any other. And this is for trained police officers. So, you know, the stereotype and, you know, the media and history and, you know, ideas that we have in our head, implicitly or not, are... They're, they're real things. And when you apply these things to Trump and you juxtapose that with, you know, uh, the assumption that people from the Bahamas must be criminals and people from uh, Haiti must be criminals and people from Venezuela and Nicaragua must be criminals. There's rapists. There's murderers in there. They're very, very bad people. I'm sure a couple fine ones, but mostly very, very bad people. If you had something, a tragedy that happened in Norway, let's just say. I highly doubt that there would be thought that. Um, you know that we should go extra hard and scrub these people, and make sure there's no criminals coming in, because the perception is they're nice Norwegians, socialist Norwegians. Nobody talks about that, but nice. Am I making any sense as to what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean
1: here? it's 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 difficult because of course uh, I am not. I was not in favor when Trump said in Charlottesville there's there were nice people, very nice people <laughs> on on each side. I definitely think that's false. But back to the to the Norway example, I think it's difficult um, because you're you're right. You're absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct. We're not as vetting when it comes to Scandinavian countries and European countries as we are with the with the quote unquote Muslim ban that Trump tried to tried to put th- through, which was just kind of original, originally created under Obama, and then Trump ex- expanded expanded upon it and it's it's a difficult question it's especially a difficult question for me because of course I want as many I, I'm pretty I'm almost pretty libertarian when it comes to immigration to a point I don't believe yeah, that there should too. be complete free movement of people across borders because neither do I I think there are some some not so great people coming across and so I' am, I'm hundred percent for opening up everything to try and make it faster. Because it's definitely not there are there are thousands of people that are just waiting to even attempt to get in line in order to get into America because we're, it turns out we're a, we're a pretty amazing country to get to, so we're a pretty amazing country to be in. so if I could do anything to try and speed that process up i'm i'm a I'm a hundred percent I'm usually a hundred percent for it
0: but most of the people who are waiting are waiting because they have to take a plane here.
1: Right, absolutely, that's absolutely correct.
0: You know, so it's like you you if I wanted to move to Greece and I lived in Italy, I could I have to apply to go to Greece. If I lived in Italy, I just walk across the border. It's the exact same thing there. You know, so this is not a unique issue. It just so happens that the people who live on the south side of our border have a different skin color so that's more noticeable.
1: Well, you I know? mean, yeah, we could we could get into this. We could probably get into this for a long time, but I would I would kind of disagree with that. Uh, mainly because I don't think there are a thousand Italians flowing into Greece every single day. Well, you wouldn't and because I, Greece sucks. I, well, you're, yeah, you're absolutely you're <laughs> absolutely correct. So, and I I don't I don't think that that but there are
0: a lot of Greeks going into Italy.
1: Right, and there aren't Italian terrorists actually going into Greece, where we've estimated. Well, conservative mafia. Some cur- well, conservatively, right, and they should probably try and vet and keep the mafia out. Right. <laughs> so so why not? I mean, conservatively, we've estimated that there are about since 2001, 15 terrorists coming across our borders. And that's conservative because we can't we don't actually know. That's kind of what we think through through sure. catching these people. So and it only took I mean, it's almost kind of suiting because 9-11 was yesterday and it only took 19 people to fly three planes. So it's it's definitely a, right. It's but they a,
0: came uh, in through Canada.
1: You're right, and so let's have let's have increased let's have increased immigration. Let's have increased reform on both sides. But so you, it sounds like a can't... definite a definite breakdown of federal vetting. And I think there was a lot more that went into our defaults with our federal system in 9/11. We were not outwardly concerned. We can see the Clinton administration was much more about maybe if we leave the rest of the world alone, then we'll be fine and they won't touch us. And that wasn't the case because we mm-hmm. had a lot of warning shots um threats in Europe threats in the United States that we didn't take seriously oh sure I mean
0: i I'm not going to disagree with that we did but the the idea that we should cut off we should cut off two million applicants that are happen to be Muslim because fifteen of them were bad people is a little bit silly I mean look at that especially for a nation that is well, you have to look at this two ways. Number one, why are they trying to leave? Maybe they're trying to leave because they're from a a, a government that is a theocratic government that is, impo- you know, maybe they're a Shiite and they live in uh, a country where Shiites are oppressed and being exterminated. You know, you have to look at stuff like that. But, you know, th- when we were an, a young nation, we all immigrated here and ended up murdering millions of native americans you know hundreds of thousands at least and you know committing all types of atrocities just taking their land which you, you wonder why we're a rich nation because we got land for free um and quite a bit of it so you know you you always have have these risks and i'm not saying that you know it, it doesn't justify vetting people that is absolutely not what i'm saying i'm absolutely not in favor of any type of open border what i am in favor of is the stigma that follows people because of where they happen to be from. That somehow they are uh, that they shouldn't be here. Representative Omar, for example, I don't agree with a lot of her politics, but the fact that she's Muslim means absolutely zero to me. And there is a huge amount of hate about her on on the right. She takes a lot of grief, her and Talib for that matter, but more so Omar because she happens to wear a hijab, which I'm not a fan of hijab myself. But but you know if she wants to wear it, that's fine. It, and why do they hate her so much? They don't even know anything about her policy in general. You might. But some people, most people don't know anything about her policy. They just say, well, she's trying to implement Sharia law. She has absolutely no evidence of saying that, the, that she wants to implement Sharia law. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. In fact, Sharia law would be the antithesis of socialism, which they also accuse her of. Because antith- <laughs> it would be theocratic and authoritarian Not if it was Sharia, not socialist. So it to me it just doesn't make any sense Nate.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I agree. I haven't I haven't seen the huge. And maybe I need to look at this more, but I at least being in the conservative world, I haven't seen too much anger thrown at her because of her wearing a hijab. I really don't I don't care too much what what she wears on the congressional congressional floor. I I do I do care and I think a lot of conservatives care about I think Mainly, I think she's in hot water because of. And this will get us, and this could get us in another subject. But her comments about Israel have really gotten her into into hot water. And well, for, let's talk me, about that. What
0: was her What was her comment about Israel that was so bad?
1: Um, the what what got what got me kind of looking at it was the the implying of the classic um, Jewish stereotype. Of money grabbers, basically saying it's all about the Benjamins, which is which is a classic. Uh, it's a trope. You're right. You're right. So if anybody and would Trump say sat that, in front about, of a room
0: full of Jewish people, and said, "I know there's money in this room,"
1: right. And that's so. And, what's the difference?
0: You can't. You, no, they They're, you both. Can't, they're you, both bad. You can't take one and not the other.
1: Oh, you're right. I can't. They're not mutually exclusive. They're both bad. I agree. Maybe not
0: to you, but overwhelmingly on the right wing, they say, "Well, he didn't mean
1: he didn't mean anything by that. He's got a
0: Jewish." He's got a Jewish shun in law, but that, I, I've already explained that means nothing. You could be married to a Mexican and still think Latinos in general are kind of dirty. You know, it—that's it, just human nature because it's—it is what it is. You think of the aggregate of a society different than you think of an individual person that you know. That's natural for humans, but you have to be able to disseminate that from, you know, from your thought and say, okay. I just because I haven't met this person yet doesn't mean they're potentially a rapist, you know. With Trump, it's he he has this when he said I can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. He was absolutely that's the most true statement he's ever made because he absolutely can. There is absolutely no way to criticize Trump without being called a libtard, without being called a um, you know a socialist, without being called a stupid leftist. You know, it's it, it's mind-numbing to me. There's there i call it the 4 Ds of 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 debate on the right wing and and here's how i feel it goes nate number 1 the conservative, con- trump supporters specifically not just conservatives number 1 they'll deny the fact okay that's not true i don't that, that, that told or, or it's been discredited number 2 if you show them a source they'll discredit the source Right? Oh, that's from CNN. Or that's from Huffington Post. So it has to be fake. So I don't believe news from Breitbart. Number three, deflect. Oh, but Obama, but Hillary, but AOC. And number four is defame. Once they're beaten, oh, you're just a libtard. You're just a snowflake. You're just a, a piece of shit. You know, it's it goes down the same progression every single time that I've had this conversation. You know, it's refreshing that you're not doing this, so I I don't want to generalize. But in general, (laughs) um, it seems to go that way more often than not.
1: Yeah, and I completely agree with that. Where I, one of my things that I end arguments, well, end arguments at a couple different points. But ad hominem, obviously, if you're just going to attack myself and my character instead of my actual argument, like I'll stop right there. Um, You're committing, if we're going to argue semantics, I stop there because we can't actually agree on words and what the hell are we doing? And anything that has to do with non-fossil which is basically saying like two plus two is God and you're like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's God. I'm like, all right. Well, no, that's just an argument that I, I can't beat you on. So I, I think that's completely, completely true. And I think a lot of conservatives are definitely guilty of putting those labels. But I think it also comes from the left. It seems that every single time that that we that conservatives try and criticize, it's always Republicans pounce. And I think there's a huge problem and I don't like, I don't like it when conservatives start creating association fallacies, but there's a huge problem, especially I think on the left of just assuming that Trump supporters are deplorables. And I think that's a, I think that's one of the main reasons that Trump actually won 2016. I don't, I don't think without, without Clinton really going after rural votes, I, I, I was 100% thinking that Clinton was going to win that win that election. And I yeah. think right now if it was if it was Warren running in 2016, she would have had that hands down. So, I think it's I think it's definitely bad, definitely bad on both sides and you can see that when it comes to when it comes to voting. So,
0: I I, I mean I'm, I'm not going to disagree with the facts that you laid down. I mean, Ben Shapiro has one quote that I love. Facts don't care about your feelings. He's exactly right. And, you know, what you said is mostly true and in fact it is completely true that that, that that there's always something i think that's tied to it yes the left has a bad habit of calling people racists and calling people names because they happen to support trump but there's two very different things here number one is if you support trump no matter what which a lot of people do and they'll even defend you know some of the most atrocious things that he has said As being not atrocious. And then when your own people fail to, your own group, your own tribe, the conservative tribe fails to condemn those people, it's difficult to not associate them. Case in point, Steve King, we've told you for years he was a racist, but no one listened. And holy crap, turns out he's a racist. And good on Kevin McCarthy, my congressman, by the way, for my district who I'm thinking of running against in 2022 and probably will um, it good on him for, for removing him from all of his uh, committees. But the left told you this for a long time, you know, and like there was a report on, um, there was a report on Tucker Carlson the other day who I can't stand by the way, that, that look on his face, just, just I just want to wash it with bleach. <laughs> but um he said that um, because amazon was test marketing using a handprint uh, to pay for your your uh, your groceries or whatever it is that you buy at whole foods going forward right I don't shop at Whole foods because I can't afford that stuff but that's a different conversation but you know they're saying we're going to use your handprint Tucker Carlson says where have you heard this before and he starts quoting revelations I think 316. Where they talk about the the mark of the beast shall be on your right hand or on your forehead, and it will be needed to buy and sell goods, and anyone refusing it will be will be killed. But the difference is, is that there's nothing being implanted implanted into your hand. It's just a biometric hand scanner that we've been using since the fifties, and you use it on your iPhone right now for Apple Pay. But you don't hear anyone crying about that. It's just the fact that he doesn't like Jeff Bezos, because Jeff Bezos is a liberal, so he wants to paint him as the Antichrist. What happens? Conservatives are posting this on their on their on their Facebook pages, everybody starts going crazy. You try to settle them down and give them the facts, and you know what happens to me? I get called a libtard.
1: Right. I think that's a that's yeah it's a, that's a that's a huge issue, and I think it really speaks to also the fact that I think that there are for me now. I can only speak from from my perspective. I haven't talked to sure. a lot of conservatives too much about this, but we can see kind of from voting or not voting studies from, from poll studies a lot of a lot of conservatives have a hard time calling something racist when it's labeled racist and I think I, I I take it from the perspective it's I think they know it is but we're afraid and I think what we're afraid of is back in the I mean back 20 years ago if something was labeled racist then that would have that could have ended your career I mean if you were labeled a racist I mean that that would have been it because we took that right. stuff really seriously, but now that that word has just been thrown out there so many times, for me and I think for a lot of conservatives, it's hard for us to trust sometimes the other side. And I think the big the big thing is it's hard for us. And I think Steve King is a is a prime example. I think that's I think that's a really prime example because anyone I think that I actually studied it, especially when he made those comments. I think a lot of conservatives have given to his opponent's campaign, as they should. He should be ousted ousted from Congress. And I guess I'm too young to know the huge mm-hmm. history behind Steve King. I haven't looked into his into his huge. No, he's been in Congress bio. for what,
0: eighteen years? So yeah. maybe even more.
1: Right, right. So but I think there's a big mistrust because I think as conservatives, we're afraid to jump on the bandwagon when people on the left label something as racist cuz but, but if it's racist call some, it
0: racist if it's not then it come up with a reason why it's not don't just say it's not because you your li- your you liberals always call everything racist right
1: i i completely but, agree you know
0: look at I the com- southern strategy well let me ask you this do you deny the southern strategy
1: i'm not familiar with that so hit me with the southern strategy
0: okay well the southern strategy is something that is overwhelmingly denied by the right and it's something that you should educate yourself on The Southern Strategy has to do with uh, George. um, I believe his name is George Wallace. I think he was running for governor of Georgia. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. And you know, he had adopted a campaign where, as a as a Republican, he was taking on a lot of the at the time very racist Democratic talking points, right? Segregation and you know white white supremacy and all these types of things. And Richard Nixon basically adopted this for his first presidential run, and basically said we're going to take on a lot of these talking points and use these to get me elected president and really, ever since then, the Democratic Party, which used to be the party of the KKK and the Republican Party, which used to be the party of Lincoln, switched and now you have because and, and you can prove this because it was it was people carrying Confederate flags standing out on the side of the street during brown versus the board of education and and what and the other events in broward county in the 60s where they were telling these these poor kids don't you can't come to our school and screaming racial slurs at them while flying this confederate flag. And then when they saw that they said, "You know what? We're going to use that politically." And now who's the one who thinks it's okay to fly a confederate flag? The Republicans or the Democrats?
1: Obviously, so who, it's not the who? Democrats. So who thinks it's okay to fly a Democrat, uh, fly a Confederate flag?
0: Okay, um, well I live in Bakersfield, California, brother. There's a there's one on the neighbor's house.
1: Okay, so you know
0: that. that and Bakersfield, by the way, is kind of like West Texas, but in the middle of California. So, so it, it's
1: so we're gonna take we're gonna take that small that small incident. And we're just gonna blow it out throughout the entire Republican Party. I'm confused because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fly a Confederate flag. I haven't met any of my friends who fly Confederate flags. So
0: I'm, no, it's I'm not little, about I'm that. a little
1: wary of that of that it's association.
0: Not, it, it's not about that. It's about refusing to. It's about refusing to acknowledge what happened and saying it's heritage, not hate.
1: Well, that's. When, I mean, well, we took down the the Confederate flag over the South Carolina Capitol. I was in right, favor of that.
0: protest, there was protest there. Yeah, from, sounds from,
1: sounds perfectly good to me.
0: You know, and, I, and I'm not against protest. You can protest right. whatever you want to protest. You exactly. know what? If you want to. I I never shame people on the right for protest, for being upset about Kaepernick. But you have to understand the Kaepernick situation. But Kaepernick had every right to protest. And, you know, you have every right to protest the Confederate flag coming down. But also, as you can see from Kaepernick, he has the right to be open to criticism. But for some reason, these folks, it seems like they're not, they're being protected as oh, it, it, the Confederate flag has absolutely no racism entrenched into it whatsoever, when that's implicitly false. You know, or explicitly false, I'm sorry, I should say. You know, it's it's just, it's a symbol that if, you know, I have two kids who are half African American. If they go to someone's house and they're flying a Confederate flag, I'm going to tell them, keep your eyes open. Because it could be that the people are just ignorant and don't understand. Or it could be that they actually have some sort of... Uh, of thought about the, the the quote Southern way of the traditional Southern way of life. And I don't think just being from Mississippi is enough. You, there has, it has to be a little bit deeper than that as far as I'm concerned. Right. Am I making, so you, yeah, am I, I making sense? show.
1: There has to be a history there. I'm not, yeah, I, I, I tend to stay away from just labeling something as, as racist just because it's there. I mean, we can, we can both agree that the Confederate flag was a battle flag. And didn't actually represent, I believe well, So was the Nazi flag? Yeah, right, right. So we have to look at the, we have to look at the history. Yeah. So it, taken in taking in history, I mean, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying is you have to put it in. It, exactly right. When I put it into the context of history, you know, if there's three, if you were to pick out three flags that a Ku Klux Klan member might have in their house, um, one will be the K, the flag of the KKK, the other would be a Confederate flag, and the other would probably be a Nazi flag. So you can't just dismiss that and say oh they're misusing our symbol you know now the, the left falls for this way too easily though too like with the okay sign and yeah, you know the all Pepe this other meme. stuff like you know that that i think you uh, and you know the the flag with the the betsy ross flag that sort of thing um it's they do fall for it a little bit too much but then right after the betsy ross flag thing where they started using it they started saying hey there's a lot of racism attached to that Other people on the left just jumped in and said, it's racist, it's racist, it's a racist flag, which isn't necessarily true. But then, weirdly, sales of the Betsy Ross flag increased by 4,000%. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself why.
1: Well, why do you think?
0: I think because people, there's a couple things. Number one, I think people who actually are racist said, you know what, I'm going to start using that and and that symbol. But another one is people just like to make fun of the left because the left, let's face it, they're pretty easy to make fun of. Um and they, you know, they they like to use it as a uh, uh just a way to start a fight, basically, or get under the left skin. And it's extremely easy to get under the left skin.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's very true. To to move subject in a little bit of a different path. What we are yeah. what we're missing right now is the Democratic, another Democratic national debate. Yeah. So I do, I do have to, I do have to ask you where you stand with those, with the, with the candidates, because there's what, there's 10, there's 10 left, three hour, three hour long debate. Looks like Biden's still in the lead and the polls tend to flip flop between Warren and Sanders with Harris trailing behind them so i do have to, i do have to ask which where you where you stand because obviously i will not be able to vote in those in those primaries. well i'm not either
0: i'm not a registered democrat so okay um, okay you know it's i'm, I'm not going to vote in him i do have people who i like i really like people to judge i really do um i would i'm going to laugh my my rear end off if he's picked i i don't think Pete to judge is going to be nominated for president but he has a strong chance, especially if it's Warren or Harris who gets the nod, um, of being the vice presidential candidate. Yeah,
1: I completely um, I agree with that.
0: A, I, th- I think it's a very, very strong chance. And homosexuality aside, which shouldn't matter, um, it will to some evangelicals. But, it, you know, if you're willing to overlook Trump, you should be able to overlook a guy who likes to have sex with guys. But the, I will. I, I salivate at the thought of him being on stage with Mike Pence because that will be one of the biggest blowouts of all time. I mean, Pence won't even be able to say anything because he's a veteran and he, God forbid he won't uh, want to offend other veterans, right? So now I'm not a fan of identity politics in, in too many cases, but I really do think Buttigieg would make – well, Tim Kane sucked against Pence. Pence actually beat Tim Kane, in my opinion – um, back in 2016, he would not beat Buttigieg. Uh, as far as the presidential candidate goes, uh, I'm just more concerned about who's going to win um, the or who would beat Trump because I, I, I can't go through another four years of this. There are some policies that Trump has implemented that I think are okay. The corporate tax rate cut was fine with me. You know, we're still lower than than Europe, so or we're still higher than Europe. I should say. I think we're at 21.2. Europe's at about 18, so it's not that bad. Um, the personal rates, so I, I don't really care for that so much. And the tariffs are a different story. But you know, I, I really don't have too much of a problem with anybody. I'm starting to lose confidence in Joe Biden, but I really think Elizabeth Warren is is pretty awesome. I mean, she, and, and the reason why I think she is, even though I don't agree with everything she says, she's pretty clearly capitalist which I think we should be capitalists for about another 100 years or so. Um, but she's, she's actually bringing policy to the table that makes sense, where Kamala Harris is not. Kamala Harris brings policy that makes zero sense whatsoever. Elizabeth Warren is bringing policy that does make sense. So um, the problem is going to be with the Democrats is I think that they're going to worry too much about what race or skin color their candidates are and trying to have a good mix rather than worrying about the best people. Um, but you know, I, if I had to pick right now, I would say Warren judge would be what I would go with.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 in, that's interesting because I think you're absolutely correct. Biden seems to be, and I, I remember listening to you guys talking about it on one of your podcasts. He he seems to be his own worst enemy with the amount clearly of, of times that he, he gaffs the the gaff king himself. He, he seems to be shooting. It seems to be his race to lose. Seems like Biden's best day was his first day, and he seems to be slowly giving up points. And I think a lot of the reasons a lot of these other candidates like Harris, Booker, um, who else, Klobuchar, are still trying to hang on because they're hoping that Biden drops some points, right? And I think I think Warren, if I, my 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 opinion is. If Sanders doesn't come out on top of Warren super soon, he's done. He won't. Yeah, yeah, and he I won't don't think he will. Warren,
0: Warren's people are, or Bernie's people are, are def- uh, defecting to the Warren camp at yeah, a huge I, rate. I, right I right agree. Now.
1: And I know. I know. Harris is like hoping that some people defect from Sanders and Biden to her, but I don't. After. After that hit by Tulsi Gabbard, I don't think that she's going to be making Kamala Harris, a if, if Joe Biden
0: is, is nominated, Kamala Harris will be the vice president. You think so? 100%. Or, although I don't think that she w- should be, I think, here, I'll tell you what, you know what Kamala Harris should be? She should be the friggin' Attorney General, because, newsflash, she was an attorney. <laughs> she was the Attorney General of California, so great job for her. You know, there was a lot of criticism about a lot of things that she did here. I didn't live in California at the time when she was the attorney general. I lived in Illinois still, but you know, a lot of that is still resonating right now. And, um, you know, but she was an attorney general she was there to prosecute. She was a prosecutor. And, you know, I think she would do a a pretty fine job as attorney general, you know, uh, probably a lot better than what Jeff Sessions did, even though I will leave Jeff Jeff Sessions credit and a lot of things that happened during the Mueller investigation. But, you know, obviously Trump didn't like that very much. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because Biden, I think, is still the favorite. I'm just not sure if he's going to be the favorite after tonight. I'm looking forward to watching this uh, later because we're talking now. But um, I, I will watch it. I'm interested in what they have to say. Um, I, I I also think that, that a lot of them are not quite as radical leftists as people will say. Like, for example, Ben Shapiro, I listen to him a lot. He he always says Kamala Harris is a radical leftist. She is not. She's a centrist. Um, you know, and and it's silly to think that she's a radical leftist. She's um, she's in favor of universal health care, which so am I. But you know, her universal health care plan doesn't make any sense. But I do think she will be uh, Joe's choice if he happens to win. And unfortunately, it might not be because of her. I think it's just going to be because of the fact that she's a black female, um, which is sad. But She's qualified. I mean, I just, I just think that Buttigieg would be more qualified. But they don't want to have two white guys running. I can promise you that.
1: No, that's, that's, yeah. That's. I think that's. I think you bring up. I think you bring up a really. I think you bring up a really interesting, interesting point. I, I'm, I might have a harder time agreeing that Harris is a centrist. So I, I, as crazy conservative Nate depends I'm not where a your Overton window fan. is. What
0: <laughs> it depends where your Overton window sits.
1: That's true. So I, I, I put the universal universal health care and a lot of our other policies much further left for me that's usually that's usually where i what's where your I what's put your it.
0: thought on you on, on uhc uh,
1: i don't like it at all um from Why? seeing what it's from seeing what is done to europe and kind of the what
0: has it done to europe
1: so so all right so this, yeah so so really really long so when we look at well one we have to look at a couple of things. Can it be implemented in America? I think it's way easier to implement in Europe. When we look at Sweden, Dutch, we're going to take those those countries to and their universal healthcare system. So one I mean I'm I'm segueing a lot and I'm I'm think I'm putting my thought together as sure. I as I talk. One, <laughs> that's okay. One, we can we can obviously see that Sweden and those countries still have they started well they started with a free option for the poor and then everyone basically left their private insurance which makes sense so i think that's ridiculous that some of these candidates get up there and like oh we'll, we'll have free universal health care and the private option i'm like well no the there's no way an insurance company can compete with the federal government i think that I that's, that's i think that that's a ridiculous claim you either have universal health care you don't or
0: you don't yeah, right.
1: so I think that's a ridiculous claim that you can have both. And anybody who falls for that, I'm like, all right, you we, need to we,
0: – We agree completely.
1: Yeah. So one of my big issues is wait times is a huge issue, especially when it comes to some of those countries. They're experiencing five to seven hours wait to see a doctor. I think there's a huge issue when it comes to America supplying close to 60 to 70% of pharmaceutical innovation. And that's not driven by the government. That's more driven by the by private sector. Right. And yeah. I do have an issue when it comes to attracting doctors. Uh, obvi- obviously, we pay doctors incredibly, incredibly high amounts. And that's why I believe we have so many doctors coming to the United States from abroad. And it drives our healthcare costs up. Like, I'm not going to pretend we have some of the highest out of pocket expenses for medical costs in the world. But when we look at, when we look at life expectancy, if you take out if you take out suicide and car accidents, we have the highest in the world. If we if you look at no, I don't uh, well well I have to well, I'll check my stats on I'll check Japan, my stats on the that.
0: Asi- the Asian countries do and guess what Japan has universal health care.
1: So I haven't looked too highly at the Japanese system. And that's you bring up a really good point. Um, I've been focusing a lot on the on the Norwegian system. And the Scandinavian system, you bring up a very good point, and I'll have to Do you know do you know why do you know why we have Toyotas in the United States? Why we have Toyotas?
0: Yeah. Why okay. Toyotas got so popular. Do you know why? why? Because in the nineteen seventies, when they introduced a couple of their small budget cars into the market, because of the fact that the Japanese manufacturers, i.e. Toyota and Honda, did not have to pay medical insurance to their employees because it was provided by the government. Chevy and Chrysler and who's a Ford were not able to compete with their price point. Even with shipping the vehicle across the ocean, they were still able to give you a superior product. Nobody's going to sit there and say to it as you know, um, for a price that was about 70% of the price of the American vehicle, the the American equivalent. And it had almost everything to do with the the healthcare costs. Now part of that was union, right? I, I'm, I, I I confess that, right? The union wages and rates and everything like that. But I'll counter you on universal health care till, till the end because I used to be very against universal health care and then I got a job for a Canadian company and lo and behold, I became pro-universal health care. Now, we're not talking about, I didn't have a Candace Owens overnight switch. I had, uh, it, it was more of a progression for me. But first of all, if you, I have right now, I have Kaiser, right? Kaiser is in California only, but, um, well, on the West Coast only. If I want to go to, I don't have freedom to pick my, pick my doctor. I have to go to a Kaiser doctor. When I was with Blue Cross Blue Shield, I had to go to a Blue Cross Blue Shield approved doctor. I can't just pick any doctor that I want to. Under universal healthcare, the right plan, where, every, where it's one plan, like we already agreed on, you can go to any doctor unless they want to be like the doctor to Kim Kardashian and only take cash, um, which that will never go away. But they, if they want to take insurance, they're going to take that insurance because guess what? That's the only insurance. Nobody is saying that the, that the, that the Medicare rate right now is going to be the rate under UCH. That's an assumption and it's false. I, so you cannot, say, you cannot use that argument realistically in my book you also cannot use the argument that I have freedom to pick my doctor right now because you do not have freedom to pick your doctor right now. You have to pick from a list. Go to any insurance provider's list. There's a list of approved doctors and it ain't everybody.
1: Right, but can't I like, okay. go to another insurance provider? You can go Sure if you
0: want to switch your job.
1: What Okay. Uh, most that's, people have that... a job.
0: You're going to quit your a great job because they don't give you the, the let you go to Dr. Johnson?
1: Well, that's not up to the government to decide, isn't that up to me to decide? It's a, of course, it's up to you to decide. Right. So it sounds like but, my decision.
0: But the government's not deciding for you to which doctor to go to either.
1: Well, it seems, that to when to any o- it seems like when Obama promised that, that wasn't the case.
0: OK, but let's not confuse Obamacare with universal health care. Obamacare sucked. Right. True. That was it, it. Obamacare was an attempt to try to put us on the path towards universal health care. And it was a bad attempt. It was good hearted, but bad. Right. So let's not confuse that with universal health care. I will be very quick to criticize Obama on that. Um, the the universal health care is you, you look will your taxes go up? Yes, about six to eight percent, possibly as much as ten. But you have but but most anal, most analysts will say six to eight percent. But guess what? Your employer no longer has to pay for your medical insurance, and you no longer have a deductible coming out of your check every month for somewhere between. 90 and $250 so that's gonna offset your taxes number one number two uh, United Healthcare made what 38 billion dollars last year in profits take that profit completely away the amount of money that you're spending on and plus people not being able to you know get things approved little kids not being able to get things approved that because um, you know that may be sick with cancer they can't get an experimental treatment because the insurance company wants to put up a bunch of red tape or people or insurance companies denying claims because of the fact that they're hoping that you just will pay it and not call them on it and then they'll come back and correct it later if you do. You know, these companies are absolutely corrupt. And I'll tell you what, Nate. That I would far rather I would far rather have the government control my health care. Than United Healthcare because guess what I can run for Congress I can't run for the board of Amer- of United Healthcare
1: right but you can move right you can change
0: sure I can change too you think Blue Cross Blue Shield's any better
1: no but you have that freedom don't you
0: you have the so you have the freedom to move from one piece of garbage to another why don't we just get rid of all the garbage all well these who's companies saying it's are all, just so trying to exploit us insurance. and make money off of us
1: okay so you're saying every insurance company is garbage
0: I'm saying that insurance companies are there to make money. And they have stockholders and shareho- or slash shareholders that they are responsible to. Right. And Makes they only care sense. about one thing, profit margin. Nobody becomes a shareholder in a company because they want to lose money.
1: So how does that, how does that play into us having some of the highest, highest um, medical innovation? Out of the well, that's a completely
0: sector. separate thing so again let's not conflate the two no one is no one is suggesting that the doctor work for the government no well We're I, only think, suggesting I think I think insurance co- company.
1: I think we can conflate the two because if the government takes over and we still have a private sector who now has to exclusively sell to the government that incentive does go down
0: are we talking about for doctors or for for um, medical like um, prescription drug companies which are medical we talking prescription
1: about? drug companies and we can okay. and we can also come back to the fact that a lot of these, the British system, the Swedish system, they've had universal healthcare, but it, it doesn't seem to cap at them charging 10%. What they actually seem to be doing is taking people off and actually having classifications. And I I'm I have a problem with that because the British system seems to be taking elderly patients and flagging them to receive less treatment. Because you're right, the taxes do end somewhere. They have so? to increase taxes. And I think that's the problem. If the elderly person wants to pay for the best treatment in the world but he's going to die in a couple weeks he has every right to do that
0: yeah but that has nothing to do with universal health care that has to do with the british having a bad have having a not perfect system you know we don't have a perfect system now we pay more for health care than almost any other country in the world except for i think australia my brain is working tonight which is unlikely um i, I believe we have the second highest. Overall cost per person for, for healthcare, and we don't have the best coverage. You know, and and I got news for you: we have we have universal healthcare already. It's called overregulated by the government. So the government regulates healthcare like no other industry. So you know, the government already has its hands into it. Now, even if you de- if you but if you deregulated it, the costs are not going to go down.
1: Why wouldn't they go they're, down? Because it seems that the government no subsidizes. Well, the government subsidizes a lot of medical devices. I mean, it The government subsidizes x-rays.
0: mostly research. Which is,
1: subsidizes x-rays.
0: Uh, if they do, then I, I, I'm i not aware of that fact. You may very well be correct, but I, I'm not really sure how that's applicable to the discussion.
1: Well, because if the government stopped regulating and giving money towards subsidizing, I mean, I think we can both agree on what subsidization is without having to go too far into it. And it's right. on, when you're only allowed to... Well, when at least one company gets subsidies and they can provide the product for cheaper, and people buy it, they can charge whatever the hell they want. But if there's free competition, then companies compete in order to create the cheapest and best product that they possibly can. But they can't compete in against theory. the federal government. In theory. Well, what do you mean in theory?
0: That it in in theory that is what happens, but we, we continue to see prices go up.
1: Right. On, because across the, board the government subsidizes. Everything. So I'm confused. I'm confused. Where, well, why, why, what do you mean in theory? Because that is what happens. So competition,
0: I'm competition, in theory, would lower prices, but it doesn't. It isn't always um, the actual of what happens. It's, it's there is not. For example, when I was uh, working in air conditioning, air conditioning systems last year went up 11 percent, just because of the costs of steel. You know, a lot of it had to do with the Trump tariffs. But the cost of steel and copper and aluminum and all the components, the electrical components that went inside of there, the price goes up on that stuff because of one reason or the other. It becomes more expensive to produce parts, so it becomes more expensive to buy them for a consumer. You think the carrier is not is still not trying to be competitive with train? Right, of course they are. are. But these guys get together and they say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna raise prices the same time you do. Why do you think that the automobile industry? Every time Chevy has a price increase, Ford has a price increase also, and then they show you all these rebates that they've that they've previously agreed on together, that are just made to make it look like a huge discount, even though the sticker price has gone up twelve percent, but they offer you a rebate of eight percent, but guess what? The net is still four percent. If you think these companies are not talking to each other, you're you're being a bit naive because of course they want to be profitable, and of course they want to raise prices. And some of it's good. Like, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have price increases. Price increases are part of life. You know, you have to, your your employees need to be paid more. You want research and and development and that sort of stuff. And there's some issues with that with universal health care. I admit that. But I think that we can overcome those a lot better, especially if we don't privatize, if, if we keep the privatization of the doctors and the research facilities, because research in the United States is far better than in any other in any other country in the world and so as long as we can keep that going um, the only difference that the only thing that we need to change is the insurance you know what I mean so it's it's so how do we and keep I don't that really going. see how insurance costs changing is going to affect the cost of the of the product it could it, it I, don't, I don't really see a direct correlation there sure there could be some price increase but I I, I think it's unrealistic to expect that all of a sudden it's going to go up uh, you know, exponentially, and that we're going to start paying thirty percent taxes. I, I just don't see those trends, and the statistics and research that are out there don't reflect that either. They reflect you'd spe- we would spend less than what we're spending now because we're not paying profit into the model. Now, before I stop, I'll get off my soapbox, I will admit, I am concerned about the jobs for the people that work at those at those companies. That's something that we don't have a solution for right now, um, and, and I hate to see people get laid off. So I. That has to be addressed too before we implement this, but the idea, at least, I think is is better. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, I think I obviously still, still disagree, and I'm sure this could be a, an hour long conversation yeah. that we could well, be of having could, yeah. on on this one, this one s- single single issue. But yeah, well, I tend I,
0: to- unfortunately, uh, we got to roll off of here because I have a pre-existing um appointment. Of course. Of but course. I'll tell you what, man.
1: Um we obviously have a lot more to talk about. Um let's do it again like soon. Dude, I I mean I'm I I am on I'm one. I'm so happy you did this. Um and two I'm I well, two I'm so happy because I'm able to actually now cut my thought against Against somebody else who's extremely knowledgeable, I don't. I don't get that that much. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It's <laughs> <Me> usually, <either. laughs> yeah, it's usually me and myself in my own little echo chamber in my head. Maybe mowing the lawn, listening to music, and having my own little debates in my head.
0: But you know what? Those so, are good debates sometimes. Because, yeah, they
1: are. They are. And there's still there's yeah. still so much there's still so much more that I wanna that I wanna pick your pick your brain on. Yeah, so, let's do
0: it again. Sign, bring us home, man. Sign us out.
1: Oh, sign us out. Well. Thank you so much guys for listening to us and hopefully we will get back to you with other episodes in the in the future. Check out my page Drawing the Line and check out this other dude's page. <laughs> yeah, uh, where can, you, where from can the the people find your podcast? Where to find it? Well, I'm relatively new, so you can go onto my Facebook page Drawing the Line and I just dropped a website called the weekly z where i really try and focus in on a lot of generational z stuff because a lot of those kids a lot of us are still in college and high school and i think it's very important that those kids are or we are i am a part of that generation so we are the future <laughs> so i'll try and provide some sort of some sort of voice and commentary to the to the problems that we're seeing in our lives so, so check us check us out over at
0: the weekly z the z.com is that oh, just yeah. z the letter z yeah just letter z okay cool and you can check us out if you would like uh vfu podcast dot yola site that's y-o-l-a-s-i-t-e dot com or you can search if, if you want to find voice from the underground podcast just go on google and type in voice from the underground and we will pop up uh, usually first sometimes second so we'd love to um we would love to have any new listeners. And one thing I will just say for your for your guys is uh for your listeners over there, um, anyone who supports us on our Patreon page, um, we do give one third of our Patreon money to charity, either the Wounded Warrior Project or to Doctors Without Borders. Um, so we try to give back a little bit of what we get um to try to do a little bit of good. And that is available on our website there. If you go there, there's a link to the Patreon, there's a link to all the episodes. So again, www.vfu podcast.yolasite.com
1: Awesome man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me.
0: Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again very soon.
1: Of course, of course. Keep in. We'll keep in touch.
0: Absolutely, man. That? Take All care. Right.